joining us for the first time, or maybe the first time in a few weeks, we started a brand new series last week, and we're doing a study on the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes, and so uh, we're really looking at each one and figuring out what does, what has God called us to do, and what does that look like, and so today we're in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, we're going to put it on the screens for you as well, but also we're going to spend a good bit of time in Psalm 77, Psalm 77. So those two places, if you have that as well. But the first one is Matthew chapter 5. I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts. And uh, what you may not realize is, I like to highlight uh, a couple different our teams every now and then. And one is our bridge uh, kids are in the back and they're serving babies through fifth grade and they do it every single week. They do such a great job and uh, we even have new volunteers jumping back there this week. So that's pretty exciting as well. But also today, uh, Bridge students, they're meeting as well. And so we got all generations meeting together and really just talking about things that are relevant to their age and their building community. So that's a really cool thing as well. And if you didn't know that, our Bridge students, they meet every other week. And so uh, that's a really great thing to see. Uh, our heart is to bridge the generations, and so we want to see every generation know who they are in Christ. Um, but anyway, I want to dive in and uh, ask God just to speak to our hearts, so let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth, God. Thank you for each and every person that is here today. Thank you for those who may be tuning in online, and God, I just pray that you speak to our hearts. I pray that uh, today's topic, I know, uh, can talk about things that may be hard or heavy or uh, whatever that may look like, God. But I pray that as we walk through life, God, I pray that you continue to remind us of who you are. To remind us that you are walking with us, that you give us strength, that you give us wisdom, and you give us direction, God. God, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. And so today, uh, just to set up and kind of give us a clear picture, the Beatitudes are eight statements that God used to start off probably the most famous sermon that has ever been given. It was given by Jesus himself. And in Matthew chapter 5, he works through various different topics all the way to Matthew chapter 7. And he picks out these topics. And in fact, he takes a lot of things that were in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, and he flips some of those upside down on their head. And so when people would have heard this sermon, heard about the Beatitudes, they kind of would have stood back and oh, it would have caught everybody's attention. It would have made them lean in of going, wow, really? Because he not only flipped it upside down on its head, but he said, you know what? It's not just about outward appearance. But God says, I want your heart. I want what's going on on the inside of you. In fact, he would even say, I'm going to place a priority over what's going on in your heart compared to what you do. Because if your heart is right, then what you do will follow, right? Because a lot of times in the Old Testament, they were working through all of these laws and the Pharisees kind of got into this mindset of going, I have to do this many, this many prayers, right? And they would wear their prayer tassels and they would show off how much they've prayed and how much they fasted and all of these different things. And God is going, wait a second, you're missing the point. All of that was for your heart and for God to, to transform you from the inside out. And then you go out into community and you change the community. And so when we look at the Beatitudes, that's the same thing that Jesus is talking about. He's saying, I want your heart in this first, and then it's going to leak out into the world. And in fact, if you look at the eight Beatitudes, it really gives us a picture 
of what God values for you and I. It's the kingdom of heaven's core values. And he kind of brings all of these pieces out for you and I to realize. And there's a fascinating story, a parable that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 7 as he wraps this series up. And he tells a story, and I'm so glad it's raining. It's like God knew I was going to tell a story and we needed a practical application, right? Um, and Matthew chapter 7, he wraps all of this sermon up, all of the Beatitudes, and he tells a story. And he goes, you know, it's like a man who builds his house, right? And he builds it up, and it's this beautiful house. We live in the low country. This house is on the river. All of these different pieces, right? It's like he built this beautiful house. And then the rain came, right? And the storms came, and the wind blew. And the, the man who built his house on sand began to wither away, began to fade away. And then Jesus goes, that's like the man who, who takes my word and then leaves him and drops him and walks away who doesn't build his life on the words that I say. But he says, the man who builds his foundation off the words that I've just talked about, who takes his life and goes, you know what? I'm going to reorient my life around what Jesus teaches, what he commands, everything that he has said in the Beatitudes and all the Sermon on the Mount. The man that builds his life on those, it's like he built a strong foundation. And when the rains come and when the storms come, his house is still standing. His house is built strong. His house is standing firm. And that's such a big, bold statement, right? Because uh, there's moments in life, and we like to celebrate and we like to praise God for all the good things that He has done in our life, right? But we lived long enough to know that everything is not easy, right? And everything is, doesn't happen the way that we expect. In fact, I, I probably don't have to sell you on the fact that rains do come, right? That the storms happen in our life. That there are seasons that are incredibly difficult. And we wrestle through those. And I, I begin to talk to people, right? And especially as a pastor, and I get all kinds of uh, crazy questions, and I love every single one of them, right? Because uh, we get to dive into God's Word and what God looks like. And But if we begin to look at our lives, and I get a chance to talk with people who go, you know, I just don't really see the value in God's word, or I don't, you know, I don't see what, what's the value in following God and giving everything that you got. I, I actually, I can find some, some joy. I can find some happiness in some of the other things that I'm doing. And a lot of times I go back to Matthew chapter seven and go, you know, it all seems fine until the storm comes, until something happens in our life that literally shakes us to our core that strips everything away, and it hurts us so much that it's like we don't even understand life anymore. Like, what is happening, right? And those, those things happen, and it really shakes us. And when that happens, we, we realize what is the foundation, right? And even then, even if our foundation is strong, even then it's like, oh, God, I need you to make my foundation stronger, right? Like, I need you to help me out even more, and so as we read this, we see that God is going, I want your foundation to be so strong that even when the rains come and the storm comes and all of these moments happen of heartache and trials and tribulations and I don't know what to do next, God, I don't know which way is up or which way is down. God is saying, I want you to be able to know who you are in Christ, to keep taking one step at a time, to know what God's word says. And it really paints a picture in this. And there are second Beatitudes, the uh, Matthew chapter five, verse four. He says this, he says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And he's really talking about two things here. You guys doing OK? 
Yeah, I know I kind of jumped in right off the bat there, but I, don't, I think you came to church for the Word, right? You came to church for, um, for that, and so we're just going to jump in. But as you think about it, blessed are those who mourn, right? For they will be comforted. And we look at this word mourn, and really what Jesus is talking about here, he's kind of talking about two things. He's talking about one mourning is where we grieve or where we hurt or where something has happened inside of our lives. Maybe we lost a loved one or we're grieving over something incredibly serious that has happened in our lives. In our lives. Maybe even uh, it's radically changed the season that I'm in. Maybe a marriage, maybe a relationship that we had, or maybe I, I had this career my entire life and now I got to grieve because it is gone, right? And we're walking through that. And that's one morning. But then Jesus is also talking about the mourning over the brokenness and the sin that is in the world. And we see that that word is used synonymously all throughout the Bible when he's talking about mourning for what is broken, mourning for the sin that is going on around us, maybe in us or our lives, or maybe we've seen it in our family, but he kind of revisits that. But when Jesus talks about blessed are those who mourn, uh, for they will be comforted, he doesn't just leave us on an island. And God is not so disconnected from us that he doesn't understand that life is hard or that, that life brings trials or that we're trying to figure this thing out on our own, right? Because sometimes, if we're honest, maybe God can feel distant. And we may ask the question, does God even understand where I'm at? Does God even understand the, the troubles that I'm going through. And there's three places in the Bible where we see where Jesus was mourning, where he wept. And the first one is, is probably the most famous in John chapter 11 at the tomb of Lazarus. He's been dead for four days, right? And, they, and he comes to his uh, friend there, Lazarus, who has passed away. And Mary and Martha come up to him and go, Jesus, why weren't you here? You could have saved him. You could have healed him, right? And, it's, and Jesus looked around at the people. He looked at the tomb of Lazarus. And the Bible says that Jesus wept. He was sorrowful. He was hurt of seeing all of his friends, some of his closest friends on earth, how much they were hurting, right? And then we see in Luke chapter 19, the other type of morning where Jesus is traveling and he gets up to this hill or gets up to this mountain and uh, he looks over and he sees Jerusalem. And as soon as he sees all of Jerusalem, he becomes overwhelmed by the brokenness in the city. And it says that Jesus mourns. And he weeps and he is hurt. He's looking at his holy city, right? All the way from the Old Testament. And he's hurt by it. He's moved and, and he begins to weep. Just picture this Jesus. And then there's one more in Hebrews chapter 5 that's kind of hidden in there. And it talks about when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and when he went to the cross. And how he was sorrowful. He was his the humanness of him. He is 100% man, 100% God. And his human side, it says that in the garden, he was praying, sweating blood, right? Like that's like the things in his, in his, uh, I can't even, I'm not a doctor, okay? But uh, things in his uh, mind, not his mind, I'm trying to think of skin. Here we go. Stay with me. Um, he was so hurt that things begin to burst inside of his skin, right? Like, just imagine the sorrowful. He knows what is about to go before him. And he's hurt, and he's crying, and he's mourning, and he's grieving because of what he's getting ready to go through, not only physically, but spiritually. He's getting ready to take on all of the weight of sin of humanity, past, present, and future. Every sin known to man, he's getting ready to absorb all of that and pay the price for all of it. And so we don't have a God who's so disconnected from you and I 
who can't understand our trials, who can't understand our struggles and our tribulations and our pain and our hurt. If you're taking notes today, I have quite a few. I told Amanda, she's on the computer back there. I was like, I hope you're ready, okay, because we got some notes today. Uh, but the first one is, is Jesus understands our hurt because he mourns as well. He mourns as well as we do. He understands what it means to grieve and to be crying that he can't even see because he's been crying so much, right? As we walk through that. And then for you and I, Jesus begins to teach us and he says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Every beatitude, he says, first is the, the what I want you to do. I want you to see that you're going to be blessed. You're going to be fulfilled if you do these things. And then he gives us a promise. He says, for they will be comforted. Now, this is kind of intriguing to me. I don't know about you, but it, blessed are those who mourn. That's kind of crazy to think about, right? Like, God, I'm going to be happy and joyful if I mourn. Like you're saying, if I mourn, if I grieve, then your promise will come where I will be comforted. And what that tells us is, is that you and I have to get to the place where we realize it's okay to mourn. In fact, God is saying, if you want to be comforted, get to the place where you can say, you know what? I'm not okay. Here it is, God. I'm grieving. I am hurt. Here's what's going on with me, right? I get to the place where I just can't do it anymore. God, I need you. I need you to work in me. That's what we talked about last week. When we get to the place of going, God's even teaching us, not only is it okay, but the road to receive comfort starts with the morning starts with the grieving, starts with the, the opportunity for you and I to step back and go, oh, this hurts, right? Because what happens is, is if we don't mourn, if we don't grieve some of those losses in our lives, and maybe I grew up kind of in the generation, or actually I was raised by the generation where it was like, hey, 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 you lock that up, right? Like I'm, like I'm, trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to grieve, maybe it's like, hey, no, no, nope, suppress that and let's keep going. There's things to do, right? Like we got to happen, you got to move this, right? And if we're not careful, we can suppress some of those things so much that one day it's going to come up and rear its ugly head in other ways, right? It can come back up as anger or bitterness or, right, I'm vulnerable because I'm feeling all of these things and I don't want you to know that. So I'm going to overcompensate by being maybe kind of like a bully or I'm going to say these things or I call it peacocking or whatever it may be, right? I'm doing these things because I'm hiding and I'm suppressing all of this that is in me, Right? God is going, I, I don't want you to be trapped and controlled by those things you're trying to hold in. He's saying, blessed. And blessed. This is Jesus looking at you and I going, blessed. Not only is it good, but blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who grieve. Blessed are those who step into that and go, God, oh, I need to just get this off. I need to grieve this. I need to walk in this. As well, but he also tells us here that blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. He's saying that God is the source of our comfort, right? God is the source of our comfort. And I hope that you and I get a picture of going, if I want to receive comfort in those seasons where I'm mourning or I'm hurting or I'm experiencing that loss, that I need to go directly to God, go to God first, right? And there's this beautiful picture 
of this, almost like a template of what this looks like in Psalm 77. I love Scripture because Scripture interprets Scripture, right? He gives us this picture. And in Psalm 77, I want to read this for you and I. And uh, some of this is very real, right? Like some of this is eye-opening. Some of this is, well, they're like, wow, this is in the Bible. They're talking about these things, this kind of hurt that is going on. In Psalm 77, it starts this way. And, and the reason I kind of want to layer this message today because you may be in that season right now, right? Or maybe you're not in that season, but maybe you've been through that season before, or maybe uh, trials and tribulation may come one day, and God wants you to plant these seeds inside of your heart so that you know when I walk through that season, I know what to do. I know how to turn to God and what that looks like. Or God may place somebody in your path. And you may not realize it. It, may, it could be this week. It could be in a month. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, we just talked about this, right? God wants to use me here in this situation. And so for every person in the room, it's one of those situations, circumstances that we can lean in, right? Because you may say, well, I'm not in that season right now, but we may be one day or maybe God wants to use you to help someone who is hurting, help someone who is walking through this. And so Psalm 77, everybody still Okay. All right. All right. Verse and it starts here in verse one. It's, this is this is the lament. This is coming before God. It says, I cry out loud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me in the day of my trouble. I seek the Lord in the night. My hand is stretched out without rearing. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit will be made diligent and made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? His, has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in his anger shut up his compassion? Right? I mean, this is a lament. And not only a lament for where they are, but this is a lament at God, right? Of going, God, where are you in all of this? Like, I'm down here hurting. And it's like, I can't even hold my eyes open. I'm hurt. I just want to sleep. I just want to disappear. I want to get away, right? Like, have you forgotten me, God? Are you so mad at me that you've shut off the, the reins of grace and compassion and all of these things? This is a very real passage, isn't it? I mean, it's, this is somebody who's going through a lot, right? But I think there's a principle that you and I can get from this. Here is a moment for, for you and I to receive that. It's, and it's reiterated here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your anxieties onto Him because He cares for you. God is saying the road to start our comfort is casting all of our cares onto the Lord. And if you just read 1 Peter 5, 7, you can kind of glance over it. But then now reading the first part of Psalm 77, we really get a picture of what it means to cast, right? Of going, God, here is... Here's everything, right? My good friend, uh, Pastor Corbin, he says it like this, God can't heal what we don't reveal, right? We bring it before God. And there's something about bringing it before God is where he starts this healing process. He starts this comfort process. And it's like he wants 
a relationship with us, right? He wants us to come before Him and go, I want everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And when it says, cast your cares, they would have talked about whenever they were trying to get something up the mountain, they would bring a donkey and they would have these heavy loads and they would fling these heavy loads onto these donkeys and the donkeys would take the heavy load up the mountain. And when He's talking about cast, that's what we see here in Psalm 77, right? We see a person who is struggling going, I'm carrying all of this and God, I'm just giving it all to you. I'm giving every my anger, my hurt, my right. There was questions in here, right? Questions directly to God. God, where were you? What was going on, right? All of this, He's casting it all on to God. And I want to share you a little secret. God can handle all of that. He is a big God, and He is a caring God, and He wants to know. He and I'm gonna give you another secret. He already knows. He just wants you to realize you can give me all of that. And when you give me all of that, I'm going to take it from you. And I'm going to give you this great exchange of what's called comfort, what's called peace. And we're going to start this road of healing. But it comes after I realize I need you to do something, God. And I have some questions I want. I have some some all of these different uh, hurts and anxieties that I'm trying to figure out, God. Right. Like this is no longer like me coming to church with my mask on. Right. This is like real. I need Jesus. I I need healing. I need hope right now kind of moments, right? And that's what we see here in Psalm 77. And there's something I want to encourage us as before we continue here. And there's something that happens in us. And I'll have to look it up psychologically one day or uh, whatever that may look like. But something happens in us when we say these things out loud. Something happens in our brain and in our heart when we come before God and we begin to pray and not only just praying in our head, right, where we can't hear it or whatever, uh, but when we come and we speak these things out loud, right? When we come before God and say, God, this is what's happening to me. This is how it hurts. This is what's going on with me. So I would encourage you, if you don't want anybody to hear you, right, but find a place, find a prayer closet. Jesus went up onto the mountain by himself. You can go outside, go for a walk, whatever it may be, and take the this time to speak these worries, anxieties, and hurts, and grieving moments out loud to God. And there's also another kind of stigma here, because when we walk in our relationship with Christ, we have to realize that we need help, right? We have to take the moment of going, God, I need you to help me. I can't do it, on, do it all on my own. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. I need help, God, all right? I'm walking in this humility. And there's this uh, kind of stigma a little bit sometimes in the Christian world that, you know, you just need to pray about it, right? Like you just need to you go off on your own. And if God's not doing that work in you, then you're, you're kind of on your own, right? And this, don't get too real. Don't get too uh, connected here. But what I want us to see here is that for you and I, if you're taking notes, asking for help is not weak. It is wise. And the Bible actually is all over Proverbs. There's wisdom in counsel. There's wisdom in bringing people around us. There's wisdom, of course, in bringing it before God. And it doesn't make guys in the room, guys listening online, you hear me on this? It does not make us weak. It's wise, right? Because I feel the tension too. Of going, you know what? Oh, nope, I'm just going to keep carrying this. Nope, give me more. Give me more. I can muscle through this. I can suppress and go. I can make this happen. I can take on everything that's going on and just keep walking. And God is going, no, 
Give all of that to me. And not only that, if you need further help, ask for help. Find godly community to where you can voice some of these things and you can have the the prayers of the righteous come beside you and begin to pray for you as well. And then maybe God wants to connect you with a Christian counselor, whatever that may look like, right? But for you and I to realize that doesn't mean we're weak. It's because we has a, a multitude of people coming around us to walk with us in this. And something happens when we begin to voice this. But here's the good news. You're like, I'm glad I came to church, Daniel. So all this is like bringing me down. But there's an answer to this. And Psalm 77 gives us a picture of what you and I can do. We bring it before God. It's like this emptying of ourselves. And sometimes this emptying is not fun. It's not like skipping through roses. But we're just saying, God, here is everything that I have. And then Psalm 77 takes a turn. And this is what it says. And I love this. It says, then I said, I will appeal. I love this. I will appeal to this. I'm feeling all of this, right? All of this is very real. It's happening in my life, but I'm appealing. I'm moving on to this. And it says, to the years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all of your work and meditate on your mighty needs. Your way, O God, is holy. What is what God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeem your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock hand by the hand of Moses and Aaron, right? He takes a moment and there is this deep hurt and lament of casting it on to God. But then he goes, you know what? I'm not just going to sit there. I'm going to empty myself. Now I'm going to fill myself with what is true. I'm going to fill myself and remind myself of who God is. And if you're taking notes, fill our minds with who God is, what he has done, and his promises that he has given you and I, right? We see these three things in Psalm 77. I'm emptying myself, and then I'm refilling myself of, of who God is, what he has done, and his promises that he has set before us. And in Psalm 77, it reflects back to what God did through Aaron and through Moses, right? He began to, to declare, God, you are a big God. When the waters saw you and your people, Israelites, come before the river, the waters trembled, right? They trembled and said, apart and your people walk through on dry land and he's reminding us of who God is right and he's saying that have those moments of where we're casting it out to God but then he says I want us to turn and I want you to fill yourselves back up I want you to cling to my promises remember who I am in Christ Psalms 119 77 says this now let your unfailing love 
comfort me just as you promised your servant. I love that. He's saying your unfailing love, God, comforts me. I'm remembering that you love me unconditionally. I'm remembering that you can handle all of this. I'm remembering that you were there for me. And then Psalms 119.50 says this, the promises of God, your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. Isn't that good? He's saying your comforts, they, they actually revive me. They breathe life into me and they comfort me when I am hurting and when I have no hope and I'm helpless and I feel like the storms are coming in, but my soul is anchored in the foundation of who God is. I'm remembered of who He is. I'm remembering what He has done and I'm clinging to the promises that He will continue to be who he says he is. Amen. We see this and he's saying we, we got to empty ourselves first. God, here, here it is. Now, God, I'm remembering who you are. I, I'm still feeling this and this, especially in the heat of it. It may be every day, right? It may be that morning I'm waking up going, God, here is it all. It's all coming back up again, but I'm emptying out on you again, God. And I'm remembering who you are, remembering what you've done. I'm clinging. I'm holding on to the promise that is before me. And God, because I believe you're going to continue to walk with me. Your unfailing love. You're still walking with me. You're still helping me in this and through this. And then this is this is big here as God comforts us. Remember, There's another layer to this, right? Because God not only wants to give us comfort, not only does God want to heal us, but he wants to get healing through us. That's all right. Siri's good. um, God wants to not only get healing in us, but he wants to get healing through us. He wants to get hope through us that God will use every ounce of those moments in our lives if we allow him. And I know we've read a little bit of scripture here today, but I want to read this right as I get ready to close. In 2 Corinthians, it says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with comfort through Christ. Isn't that comforting to know that God doesn't run out of comfort? He doesn't he doesn't start to run dry. He's like, no, no, no. Keep coming to me every day, multiple times a day. If you have to, my comfort will never run dry. Right. And that's why I believe church is so important is because we dive in. We're being reminded of who God is. We're being surrounded by godly saints who are reminding us as well, saying you're not alone. You're in this together. And it's this constant of going, God, I need you. I need your healing in my life. I need you to work in my life. And I'm remembering who God is over and over again, because I believe that God wants the church to look more like a hospital, right, than a hotel, right? Because you know the difference between a hospital and a hotel. You go to a hospital, I mean, things are moving and shaking. They're trying to keep people alive. People are coming in. Some are in emergencies. Some just kind of come in. They're like, oh, you're okay, right? And they move you upstairs, and all of this happens. But all of it, the goal of a hospital is what? Health. Healing, right? And for a church, that's what God wants. He, he teaches us this. That He actually makes this comparison in Scripture. He's like, hey, the, the people who think they are good don't need help. But it's the sinners. They're the ones who need help. They're the ones that need God. And I believe that God wants the church 
to look the same way. That you and I, we don't get saved to sit back in our lazy boy and go, got my ticket to heaven. Now I'm just going to kind of hang out. Got my healing. I'm good, right? But no, God's going, hey, guess what? Now you're a doctor too, right? Like now you, I want you to step in. People are going to come in through these doors and I'm going to empower you by the Holy Spirit in the same comfort that God gave you. You'll be able to give to somebody else. And it's not that we have to muster that up and go, oh, i got to know all of these things. God goes, no, no, no. The same comfort that I gave you is how I'm going to use you to help comfort somebody else. What you went through, all of that experience, all of that, God's going to use your word, how you got through that, how God encouraged you, how God kept you afloat. Remember all those things that you had to remember of who God is. God's going to place somebody in your path and you're going to be blown away of going, wow. God, you really did that? You really, you really connected me with that person right here in this season? Really, God? Like, you did this? It happens over and over and over again if we're open to allowing God to use our story, to use how he has comforted us, to comfort everybody. And my prayer is for us as a church to realize that every time we come through these doors, that's why I say church is like it, it is for you. Right. But it's also for other people. That's why we need you. And we as people walk through these doors, they see your smile. They see your connection. Now you're a part of God's story, too, and bringing hope in here into the low country that God has a role and a place for every single one of us as we connect the saints to everybody that is around us. And God wants to continue to do that in us and through us. And so today, wherever you may be in your life or wherever you may be in your relationship with God, I would encourage you to say, maybe you're in that season of hurting and you're saying, you know what, Daniel, I need to start from the very beginning. And there are things that I've never voiced before. I've never cried out and said these things to God. And I would encourage you to say, you know what, God, here they are. Here's everything that is going on in me and through me. And if you're still wrestling with that after you've been walking with God, then then ask for help. Maybe that's your step. Maybe you're saying, hey, this just keeps happening over and over and over again in me. And, and I keep voicing it to God, but yet I'm still not kind of experiencing or getting over it. And I would say, take that next step. What that may be, ask for help. Begin to, to make that connection. Walk in godly community. Or maybe get, uh, we can help connect you with help otherwise in, in that way as well, right? Or maybe for you, you're going, you know what? I, I cry out to God. But I just need help knowing who God is. I need help knowing what he has done. I need help knowing what his promises are so that I can get filled by, back up with those things so I can cling to those things. And we want to walk with you in that. We want to help you in that. And so as we pray for you each and every week, we're going to pray for you as a church, but maybe you need prayer. Say, Daniel, I would love for you to pray for me on this. I'd love for our, your team to pray for this. Whatever that may look like, you can stop in the Connect Center. There's a way to connect on the Connect card. A lot of different ways just to get connected in that aspect. And we want to help you do that. And then lastly, if you've never given your life to Christ before, and you could be even in a season of hurting, and what God wants for you first is to come into relationship with Him. It's to start that relationship with Him, to realize your need for God. And that I've never actually started a relationship with Him before. And you want to start that today. I'd love to pray with you now. uh, But of course, we can continue to walk in that moment together. So let's pray together as a church. If you've never received Christ before and you want to start a relationship with now, I encourage you to say this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I realize that I'm disconnected from you. God, I realize that I can't do this on my own. 
God, and I realize I have fallen short in my own sin. God, and I ask that you would save me. I ask that you would continue to change me, God. I pray that you would continue to heal me, God. And if you prayed that prayer here today, I would encourage you to just to grab that Connect card or grab me right after service, and I'd love to pray with you as well. But as we just pray together as a church, dear Heavenly Father, God, I, we come before you today, and we're just praying and believing that we know that you can still heal today. In 2023, God, you can heal us emotionally, spiritually. You want healing not just for our heart and minds, but for our souls, God. That where when the rains come and the winds come, that our foundation will be built off of you and your word, God. I pray that we walk out of this place and we're so hungry for your word. We're so hungry for your truth that we cling to that, God. And, and that you would put a new hunger in us to, to just consume your promises, consume who you are, because that fills us back up. God, I pray that you would give us the boldness and the courage that maybe there's something going on in us. That we would begin to even to say some of these things out loud before you, God. That we would empty ourselves, but also even saying your promises out loud. Declaring those promises over ourselves, over our family, over our friends, over our community, God. I pray that you do what only you can do. And that is save us, God. Change us. And that you show us the way for healing and comfort. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.